presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Oh, well, this past weekend it was special, so we're not going to uh, dwell too much time on pleasantries uh, because obviously your family had a very, uh, let's say, uh, a hospitable weekend there this go, past weekend. And uh, we're going to let kind of get to the uh, ad real quick, let you speak real, uh, briefly, kind of talk more about that during our words from the weekend. Absolutely, Derek. Looking forward to talking about that. Very proud moment here in the Mobile Cars and Van Rural Studio. So excited to talk about my word from the weekend. Derek has uh, deferred. Um, deferring my time. De- deferring your time, like on Family Feud. Do you want to play or defer? And uh, he's going to defer to me for the words from the weekend coming up in just a moment. But definitely somebody that was very happy happy about what we're going to talk about during our works on the weekend. Mr. Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group has been a, our presenting sponsor from day one. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They're the number one real estate team for over 13 years in DeSoto County. They possess thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They were also recently voted DeSoto's best for the fifth time. It is currently a great time to list your home. They are offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're selling, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics that you want from your realtor. Give them a call today at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. Again, that's 461-SOLD, S-O You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Very simple, teamcouch.com. Put in the filters, tell them your different zip codes, different areas that you like to look at homes, and Brian and Terry's website can do all the work from there. No better realtors, no better team. No one cares more about residential real estate than Brian and Terry with Team Couch. Again, offering a free, no obligation market analysis if you're in the market to sell your home. And remember, every home needs a couch. As I mentioned moments ago, very proud moments right here in the Mobile Car and Van Rural Studios. UTW Podcast brought to you in the Mobile Cars and Van Rural Studios, located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce in Hernando. Mobile Cars and Vans ready to serve you. Cars, pickup trucks, vans, cargo vans. If you're traveling for Labor Day, we are booking up fast. Please contact us for that Labor Day weekend travel. One last round of travel during the summer. If you're planning to do that, we can help you with a car. We can help you help you with a pickup truck, or we can help you with vans. Definitely reach out to us. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. If you're starting to make plans for family trips at Thanksgiving, we booked a couple of trips in October just last week, so we are starting to fill up for the fall. A lot of different things going on with mobile cars and vans. 662-469-4555. Thank you, Mobile Cars and Vans, for being our studio sponsor. Well, Matt, this is the time of the week, I guess. This is coming our Tuesday show. We usually start with our words from the weekend. But uh, as we mentioned before, I'm going to defer. I think you usually ask me to, to give my word from the weekend. I'm going to defer, going to postpone, or I guess just completely eliminate next week. my next word. <laughs> Do what? You can use next week, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I'll use it next week. Um, but my word from the weekend, because I want to turn it over to you. Uh, obviously, my word will, I guess if I would have had one, it would have gone along with probably what you know, a lot of what you're going to say. Uh, my family uh, and I stayed up both nights uh, watching the pageant, rooting its own. Uh, I, will, I will admit that Bo missed the first night because he was not, sure. not at home. Sure. Uh, but he was there the second night, uh, and then, of course, uh, all of the rest of us watched it and just really, really proud for having a grace. Uh, just a wonderful thing to watch it, making the top 10, making the top five, and then winning it over.
overall. So a lot of anxiety. Uh, I, I will say that uh, I mentioned to you all fair that seeing kind of the, the, the same program two nights in a row. Uh, Miss Hospitality, I need to switch it up, maybe add some video in there, maybe add a couple of different songs <laughs> that second night. But uh, overall, re- very well-run competition, and I'm going to turn it over to you for the word from the weekend. Most of the podcast listeners are going to know what we're speaking about, but uh, I'll go ahead and share that here in just a second. Derek, my word for the weekend, I'm going to have two separate words. First one being hospitality. And the second one's going to be interview. So the first one's hospitality, and that's because my daughter, Hannah Grace Crane, which so many podcast listeners listening to us, friends of the show, people we've worked with and known for a long, long time, um, know my daughter and have known her for a long time. And we definitely could feel the prayers and the people that were cheering her on. Uh, we've gotten numerous videos of uh, people when they announced her as a winner, they'd run around, uh, you know, so excited. I mean, people as far as Destin, Florida, uh, up in New York City, um, that were just cheering her on. Hannah Grace was named the 2022 Mississippi Miss Hospitality. Some people would be like, all right, what is that? Miss Hospitality, as I mentioned to Derek, works for Visit Hattiesburg. And she also does a lot of state, a lot of stuff for the state of Mississippi, kind of uh, through Visit Hattiesburg and through um, that organization, the Miss Hospitality organization. Like, for instance, the Miss Mississippi organization is run out of Vicksburg. Right. Okay, so that's where they – yeah, so a lot of their stuff uh, happens. The pageant every year is in Vicksburg. Exactly. So that's what that kind of looks like. So she's Mississippi Miss Hospitality for 2022, which is a Goodwill ambassador for the state of Mississippi. She will tour around the state, whether it be different parades and work with some of the local Miss Hospitality people that she worked with and got to know over the past week. She competed against 40 other young women between the ages of 18 and 24. People say, wow, that's a broad range. Well, the prizes are uh, tuition and scholarships, so it benefits 18- to 24-year-old young women who are potentially going to start school or going to be in school. Some of the people that she competed against are actually starting optometry school, dental school, that type of stuff. So um, we went down there and in Hattiesburg. She's been there for a week. Uh, the second word I mentioned was interview, and as I told Derek off air, this was a week-long interview for these young ladies to – get to know uh, the judges, get to know the other contestants, get to know how the, uh, they got to watch how they handle themselves in a social setting, handle themselves with older people, with younger people, those type things. And, man, it was um, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. She is very uh, honored and proud and excited to get to work. Uh, she was crowned on Saturday night about 10.15. We got home about 11.30. Uh, and then the next morning we had a sit down business meeting cause she has to go right to work. So mm-hmm. she'll be back in Hattiesburg in the next two weeks for a, um, headshot thing, portrait situation. Then she'll also do a thing where she, the portrait that will hang in all the rest areas throughout heard the state. That, of, heard yeah, that on the thing. Throughout I, I the guess state I've of, never been to a Mississippi right. rest area that I, I realized that I turned to my wife and I was like, I guess I've never been to a rest right. area cause I've never seen that picture. Right. Yeah. So she'll be, that'll hang in every rest area in the state of Mississippi, just a welcome for uh, there for the, for the, in the rest area. So uh, it's something that she's wanted to do for a, a while. She's kind of uh, competed in some pageants over the last couple of years and, and uh, couldn't be more proud of her. Very, very proud of her. Uh, there was no talent involved, which, you know, Hannah Grace loves to sing and does that very well, but there was no talent involved. And so much of it, I want to say 60, 70, 80% was what you did throughout the week. Right. And so what people saw on Friday, Saturday night was minimal compared to what you did all week long really interviewing for this job to represent the state of Mississippi. So she's excited. Uh, She's got quite a busy month ahead of her moving into Ole Miss, 
going through Rush, doing all those different things. Um, but uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of her. She's honored to represent Hernando, Derek. Most first and foremost, she loves Hernando. She always has, and and just she loves her small town that we live in, and uh, she loves living under the water tower. And she's excited to wear that sash and take that throughout the state of Mississippi. I really enjoyed hearing the word Hernando all week long, yep. all weekend long. Uh, you know, on, on from the stage, I, I really enjoyed that. Well, and some of them, it was interesting. I've, I've never watched this, this before, obviously. And so some of them go with their town. Some of them go with their counties. They, yeah, they uh, have different programs, some in the town, some in the counties. There's a lot yes. of like Green County, a Smith County, uh, I've heard several times. And so it kind of depends on what they're trying to sell. And also, you know, what each city or county, excuse me, thought that their highlights were. Right. So what were they trying to sell? Were they trying sure. to sell like forestry industry? Were they trying to sell chicken industry? Were they trying to sell watermelon industry? So kind of, you know, when you, you think you kind of know the state, you think you kind of know the places, but, you know, when you actually hear where, you know, some of these uh, women talk about, you know, what their their little elevator, 15 to 30 second elevator speech that they said both nights, sure. kind of what they were trying to plug, uh, it was very interesting. Uh, Hannah Grace did a great job on hers, and, and several other women did a great job. But um, I had to look up where a couple places were. You know, you know towns. I basically know where all <laughs> yeah. towns are. What, you're, quite, you're pretty sharp. Yeah, there was know, a lot of people. Yeah. Wasn't quite sure. Green County. Uh, Green County, uh, if you didn't know. It what is, are they most uh, famous for? Uh, east of Hattiesburg right. on the Alabama state line. Well, what are they most famous for? Yeah, she said it. Like, I'm, I'm, watermelons. Watermelons. That was the they watermelon have, one. No, no, no I'm right. sorry. That's Smith County watermelon. That's, that's, that's right. I thought, my bad. Yeah, my Smith bad, County dude. was my watermelon. Bad. I can't remember what green was. All I know is I had to look it up. Green County on the uh, on the Alabama border. It would be like one or two counties south of Meridian, directly east of Hattiesburg. So, again, you kind of learn a little geography with the state, but it was a great great uh, program to watch outside of maybe repeating songs and you know pulling some old stuff out there. But very proud of her. Loved watching her on the TV and uh, you know just and it was it's interesting because I guess there was not really any delay yeah uh, maybe they the did de- a very good job it, on it, was, it was we watched it on YouTube I guess streaming on YouTube Correct, yes and there was not much delay because I believe Wilson the second night Wilson was texting Bo and you know she, he would say something like top 10 and then Bo said she made top 10 and then literally would say like her name was three I mean, it was, maybe it was two seconds can away. we have a sidebar Derek can we get do we need to put a cap on Wilson and Bo Texting each other, uh, it's just and now and now it's text and it's Snapchat, and now they don't. Now you don't Snapchat. What you do is you take a picture of yourself, and then you just type out what you're texting, and boom. Have you noticed that? Yeah, well, I don't. <laughs> That's a sidebar. That's a whole other. It's thing. a very sidebar. That show. and then now be real. What is be real? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that. That's right. Be real. Be is- real is like when they take a, a for. People that don't know, it takes a front picture of the front camera and a picture of, of your own camera facing back at you so you can see everything. Right, but you have to do what in a 24-hour time period. It hits once a day, once a and day. you've got to take a picture of what you're doing right at that moment yes. and post it so people will see. But it's supposed to be you know random. Like You're supposed to be literally, oh, let me stop, take the yeah, picture, sure. send. Yeah, these kids holding up their Total banking slave. pictures. I mean, I'm like, man, that's not even like it's called be real. It could not be more fake. Anyway, that's yeah, that's going to be more of a show. We're going to have to. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> Hannah Grace Crane, Derek Biglane, and I from the UTW podcast. We're very, very proud of you, uh, Derek. A couple of moments that I had over the weekend that I got to enjoy. We went to the farewell brunch, which was a farewell for last year's winner, mm-hmm. which would be Jane Granberry from Hattiesburg. A gentleman got up and he was uh, the going to do the invocation. Deep bass voice. Uh, nice, uh, you know, black guy, and he he just said, woke up this morning. We have you know beautiful air and so forth. He he just talked a little bit about Mississippi, mm-hmm. and then he just says we are blessed by God to live in the state of Mississippi. I agree. And 
Derek, I, st- I got emotional just hearing him say that because he's so right. Mm-hmm. And he's so right. We're so blessed to live in the in the state we live in, in the country we live in, in the place we live in, with the freedoms that we have. I mean, here we were sitting there on the University of Southern Miss campus, eating our brunch, enjoying you know all these wonderful people and, and, and definitely celebrating these young ladies and all that kind of stuff. But he just his prayer consisted of and his words consisted of how blessed we are. And uh, just I, I, it was right up our alley. I thoroughly enjoyed the prayer. I thoroughly enjoyed the weekend. And um, it was awesome to sit there and watch strong, hardworking women with good grades, graduated from different colleges, going to different colleges. You had numerous honor students. You had numerous, you know, you hear all the bad stuff all the time. And, and you know, we talk all the time about this generation. That's not what I saw this weekend. I saw yeah. people and women that were empowered and ready to take on the world. And Hannah Grace, we can't thank you enough for, for serving Hernando as Miss Hospitality Hernando. I know there's some ladies that maybe listen to the podcast, some women we go to church with that were former Miss Hospitality in Hernando. Okay. It used to be in Starkville, just a quick fact, it used to be in Starkville, then it was on the coast. And then Hattiesburg has hosted it. This was the 25th year that they've hosted it. So this was our silver anniversary of hosting it. So it's a very, it's a little bit more down there. You know, like you said, it's a little bit more down there. Those women from down there have a lot of programs. But I think that's going to change. I think Oxford's going to get stronger. Hernando, I promise you, is going to get stronger now that Hannah Grace has an opportunity to shine there. So uh, really excited about it. I won't go too on uh, too long, Derek. Thank you for giving up your word. Like I said, mine was going to be hospitality and also interview because she had to interview all week long for something. It was just not the pageant that you saw on Friday and Saturday night. Go watch it on YouTube. Just a wonderful moment at the end when she was crowned. Um, Very, very excited if i if i uh, drag on too long as a, as a, a happy dad I, I apologize and thank you to all the people that were out there praying for her don't stop she's got a very busy month ahead of her a very busy year ahead of her representing the state of mississippi uh, in this role so we really appreciate it well derek let's go ahead and talk about the alderman meeting coming up tonight in the city of fernando i will say this derek one addition to the agenda will be hannah grace Miss Hospitality will be recognized tonight by the Board of Aldermen. Oh, they, uh, tonight. they invited yeah, her up there They jumped tonight. right on it. it was fun. Uh, Natalie Lentz kind of told Heather, uh, she mentioned something to Chip Johnson about, hey, I'd like to try and recognize Hannah Grace. And, and Chip uh, responded back with, hey, do you think you can get her? So it's kind of funny. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm pretty sure Natalie Lentz can reach out and uh, get Hannah Grace uh, to the Alderman meeting on Tuesday night. So excited about that. And, uh, you know, but yeah, that's definitely going to be part of the agenda. Tell us more of what's going on with City Business tonight. It looks like it may be a pretty long meeting, uh, pretty about a three-page agenda. i got several things to discuss. And actually, there's a couple things on here that we mentioned uh, on our Friday show that are currently not on there. I've reached out to an alderman uh, and hoping to have an answer for you while we're taping uh, because I reached out to him yesterday. He said he'd kind of let me know. Haven't heard from him yet. So I just sent another text before we started the show, and uh, hopefully we can get that in there. But uh, to start it off, uh, a couple of things in the consent agenda. I uh, wanted to let you know that for the Dickens of a Christmas this year, there's a couple of things that will be approved for Gia. Uh, one is to sign the stage contract uh, with Hicks Convention Services. And then another one is to sign for the ice skating rink contract. So again, they are going to have a stage this year uh, at the square. And then they're also going to have an ice skating rink uh, again this year, which uh, the crew worked last year which was a wonderful thing, a wonderful event, and uh, the city was uh, kind enough to let us keep the donation, which, yes. of course, we then turned and gave to the library uh, because of, that's one of the, the I guess, uh, agencies that we support. But, again, a wonderful thing, and so looking forward to that this year. Uh, moving on down, you said that Hannah Grace was going to be recognized, which, of course, is not on the agenda that I printed out. Also that will be recognized tonight is the Hernando 6U All-Star team who won their – age division of the Dizzy Dean Softball World Series. In South Haven, I think, last week? Last yeah. week. So you're going to have a bunch of uh, 
even younger women coming in, younger girls <laughs> coming in, six of you coming in for the Dizzy Dean Softball World Series. And Matt, this is uh, you know every I don't know so every show we're gonna talk about pennies for the parks, but six you five uh, five you six you you know boys and girls. This is when they're still playing at our parks. Soon after this is usually when they leave our parks. Yes, yeah, another reason to to try to pass that penny for the parks to keep these kids who are winning World Series in the 6U age group playing in Hernando for the rest of their careers. Playing at our parks for as long as we can get as them As long there. as we can keep exactly, them. That, yes. That's one of the, another reason, again, for the penny for the parks, which you will hear shortly again on the agenda. Uh, next, there's a number nine that says parks and recreation to announce events and sponsors. Very, very broad, very general. Uh, just looking forward to hearing what that is and what those could be coming up in the park system. Uh, there is a another thing, well, another way that the parks are being used. The Army National Guard will be using a baseball field on Friday, August 12th to play a kickball tournament. So go. just something cool that, you know, showing other uses that can be for the parks and for the fields that we currently have and the new ones that we're trying to get. I think they're playing like families and stuff like that are going out there. What day is that? Uh, August 12th. August uh, so 12th. they're asking for approval to the city, which Great. I cannot imagine them not voting for Absolutely. Uh, next, a request for funding from the first regional library. I'm going to say in this, we're not going to really report on this, but I want to let you know that this is something that every nonprofit has to do that receives money for the city every year. They have to go up, present their budget, tell why they need the money, where the money goes to, what the money provides to each city, each county. And so Lori Barnes, who does a great job for our library system, she's the director. She will be up there tonight, uh, tomorrow night asking for those funds. Uh, there will be another one, Dale Bellflower and Cindy Gordon. I know Dale has uh, interviewed on our show before, and Cindy has uh, been a lifelong, uh, not a lifelong resident, but she's been here for many, many years, uh, and she is part of the Veterans Committee to propose a new Veterans Banner program in the downtown area. And then, Matt, we have five things on the uh, agenda from the Planning Commission. Again, none, neither one of these are the Mackinville Square or the uh, Grove Park that we mentioned on Friday, but I, I'm going to read through these very quickly. Uh, there's a request for approval of an amendment to the text of Lease Summit, and they want to specifically add self-storage mini-warehouse to the list of uses permitted in the Lee's Summit PUD. We have talked about this numerous times. They're trying to, the owner of the property next to Colonial Hills Church. That's right. That's one of the things that they'd like to build at that location, the property that they own. So they're trying to change the PUD or change the rules to be able to build that. That's all it is. That's correct. Next, uh, Quality Cabinet 2 Lot Subdivision. Now this is located on the east side of Highway 51, north of Memphis Street. And so they request for final plot approval of two lots on 10 acres. Now, it doesn't specifically say what how those lots are going to be divided up. So, again, I, I don't know if it's five and five or four and six, but we're going to find out more from the, from the meeting uh, Tuesday night. But they're asking for that for a commercial lot subdivision. Next, Wiseman 2 lot minor subdivision request for the final plot approval of two lots on 7.54 acres. Now, the, Matt, this is on the east side of Getwell north of I-69, which it would have been across the street from that proposed business park that was turned down. So across the street from that now, there's somebody looking to approval of two lots on 7.54 acres, a final plot approval. We're going to find out if this is maybe splitting up or something to add another house, something more than that. I uh, also think it's pretty cool that the uh, owner, James Wiseman, not the basketball player for the Golden State Warriors. Okay, I'm yes. not sure who James, what James Wiseman <laughs> this is, but not, not that James Wiseman. Or is it? Uh, or is it? It could be. Um, next, the Chapel Grove final plat. So this is a request for final plat approval of 70 lots on 67.57 acres. This is located on the west side of Robinson Gin Road, south of Oak Grove Road in Section 23. So this is right across the street 
uh, from the uh, hockey rink. Yeah, sure. On the other side of the street, they've added a base, basically one-acre subdivision lots. Actually, they're a little more than that because I think there's some common acreage when you drive in. Yes. Uh, this is Butch Davis has done this, uh, and a partner of his have gone in there, added 70 lots in there. Very, it'd be very nice houses. Kind of, you know, like if you're thinking like the entrance uh, to. Um, Notting Hill on the Jaybird side right, sure. has that kind of look to it going in. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a nice 70 lots. 70 lots that are asking for final plot approval that will then be obviously be put out to sell wow, for individuals. Yeah. Inside the city limits or outside? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's inside, inside the city yes, limits. It. So it's right there that where it borders. Dumb. Sorry, my bad. No, you're all right. Uh, next, finally, again, finally, we don't know about the other two. They may be added. Oak Grove Subdivision Section B Final Plat. So this is the final plat approval of the Oak Grove Minor Lot Subdivision. So this is one lot on 9.3 acres located on West Oak Grove Road. So somebody else looking uh, to have this done. And this is the property is currently zoned in the A Agricultural District. And then finally on the, the planning portion of the agenda, uh, we did hear from the alderman about the Mackinville Square development. The reason it is not on the agenda is because he actually asked for a rezoning along with the, uh, I guess, the looking at the, what the design is going to be. And because of the rezoning, it has to wait 30 days. So it will be on the agenda, the first uh, alderman agenda in, in August. So that will be a 30-day wait. So we'll be looking for it there to come before the alderman. Again, that is a, the uh, agenda portion. If there's anything added, of course, tomorrow night, uh, we will have that for you on Friday. Going down uh, more on the agenda, the approval of the resolution for Penny for Parks election date to be held November 8, 2022. Of course, this was put, uh, the Senate Bill 3209 was the one that approved Hernando to be able to do this. And so they are now asking for, you know, officially going to put it on November 8th. This is something that we mentioned. The city had wanted it on a separate date, but this, the state's going to allow the uh, ballots to have that on there and to be able to work with the cities to have that so everybody can go to their statewide or nationalwide voting uh, polls but still be able to vote for the city in Hernando for that one city, uh, I guess, agenda item. Uh, on, next on the agenda, approved memorandum of understanding with the Mississippi Department of Finance and Administration to accept funds not to exceed $500,000. This is for money for the Highway 51 Oak Grove intersection. Again, I know that the city is asking for another two fifty dollars for that, but they did receive uh, get approved for $500,000 under this last session, and they're going to go ahead. The next agenda item after that is to approve a checking account <laughs> to be opened uh, in order to receive those funds. They're going to hold the funds in that separate checking account until such time they receive hopefully more money and they can start on the design of that new intersection at Oak Grove and 51. Uh, then the next two items will be approval to development new development standard checklist for new developments in Hernando, along with uh, the city of Hernando to record drawing improvements for new developments. So it looks like as new developments come on, there's going to be more requirements. Uh, obviously, we have a new uh, planning director, and it sounds like Austin's gone in there and has added things that developers will have to do in order to get it approved by the planning commission by the city uh, with his developments. So we'll be looking, and we'll have kind of a, a details on those for you on Friday. And then finally, there are two subdivisions that have been completed. So they are proven to release bonds for the Fieldbrook development and are approved to release bonds for the Nesbitt Industrial Park Phase 11. What this means is that those two subdivisions have met the requirements by the city from sidewalks, paving, and that sort of thing. So the bonds or the letter of credits that the cities hold to make sure that those are done, if some reason the developer were to walk, to go away, to bankrupt, then the city would have the money to fit up, you know, put the final coat of asphalt, to put the final you know, sidewalk leg in. Uh, those monies are held by the city either in cash form, in a letter of credit form from a bank, 
those, but these two subdivisions have been completed, and so they can be turned back. And the city, you know, from now on, it'll be the city having to, you know, repay the streets in the future, that sort of thing. So again, that is your agenda for Tuesday night City of Hernando Autumn meeting. And that's what all um, neighborhoods have to do. Every neighborhood, from well, hopefully, 10, yeah, hopefully well, from every 10 neighborhood houses gets to 100 houses to whatever, they have to do that, get things in place to where if something were to happen, the city's not uh, holding the bag and and could, could finish a lot of stuff up. So thank you to all the board of aldermen, city mayor, attorney, all the people that have to be there. The first and third Tuesday of every week. We appreciate you doing uh, the work there at the city meetings every first and third Tuesday. We, again, we definitely, definitely appreciate that. Well, Derek, we talk all the time about the uh, UTW podcast coming from the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Derek, I noticed the traffic on Mackinville is a bit different now due to something that opened up this week. We talked about it several weeks ago to let everybody know what was coming, what was happening, and now it is taking place. A new opening in the city of Fernando. What you got? So the DeSoto County Justice Court will begin operating or has begun operating from its new location as of Monday, July 18th. The new DeSoto County Justice Courthouse is located at 3423 Industrial Drive, right next to the DeSoto County Adult Detention Center. Again, the number has not changed. It's still 662-469-8026. And so starting July 18th, all Justice Court tickets, fines, payments, and filings are now being handled at that new Justice Court located again, 3423 Industrial Drive. Now, again, this was done because of the increased population. We're handling anywhere from 1,600 to 1,800 criminal cases and 600 to 650 civil cases every month. And it will also have a small claims court involving amounts of $3,500 or less. So if you get a ticket in the county, now, the cities, of course, have their own, own court system, but if you have a ticket anywhere in the county, you will now be coming down here to Hernando to pay the ticket, to sit, to try to, I guess, defend yourself against the ticket. Matt, you probably will see a lot no, more traffic on McCracken, yeah. a lot more traffic of Vaden. If you're on the other side of the city coming down Vaden, uh, no. going to the new Justice Court opening there, basically in the industrial no, park. No, Derek, we're going to see a, lot, a big increase in this. We're going to see people knock on our door or to jail. <laughs> Where to jail? That's what, that's what that is. Where to jail? That's what we get all the time. So we'll see an increase in that for well, sure. Where do I pay this ticket? Where exactly. do I go to the court? You know what? Yeah. Here's what I'm going to start doing, Derek. I'm going to start letting people pay here. I'm going to let people pay here. <laughs> they walk. If you walk into my office to pay a ticket, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take your money. I can't. I can't vouch for that. I can't. I'm, whatever. <laughs> if your license is suspended a month from now, I can't help that. Right. Uh, oh yeah. This is a justice court. Uh, Two hundred dollars cash. Thank you. <laughs> Sign here. And uh, that might be the way to go. Definitely increase in business. No doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's great. I mean, it's a beautiful building, beautiful space, and it makes sense with the growing county that they would do something like this. So it's going to be a boom to Hernando for sure. People around this area, whether it be for lunch and stuff like that, you know, different during during different breaks, um, it'll be uh, pretty interesting. Well, Derek, something else more state related. We have talked numerous times over the last year about medicinal marijuana here in the state of Mississippi. Uh, it is here. We've talked about that. You can certainly listen to those shows. But there you have more information uh, as far as who's applied so far, what that looks like, and who can and can't operate medicinal marijuana dispensaries. You've got an update on that. Tell us about it. People that are hopeful for those dispensary owners are in a turf wars across the state as they rush to get in applications to lay their stake in this new industry. Remember, it has to be 1,500 feet away for, you know, from schools, from churches, and also from each other. So when you take the number of schools mm -hmm. and churches and stuff like that in Mississippi, you, know, you lose a lot of land quickly. And so there's a lot of people in there trying to be the first in the door to go ahead and claim their spot. So the Mississippi Department of Revenue has already received 111 applications for dispensaries which started accepting them on July 1st. That is more than any other business category 
uh, in that time frame and has led to $4.4 million in collected application fees. So far, 27 businesses, including cultivators, processors, transporters, and waste management, have applied for licenses with the Mississippi Department of Health, which, of course, is handling that side of the business. So, again, if you add both of those up, that's 139 total dealing with medical marijuana. The health department has also issued non-business-related licensing, giving a few companies clearance to begin growing marijuana crops. So uh, this is, uh, again, several companies. You have Mockingbird Cannabis. uh, You have River Remedy, Southern Corp. All of these are are just some of the uh, businesses that are in and around the state that are trying to grab these, get these places, go ahead and get approved, go ahead and start growing the product, uh, you know, sometime in and around, uh, you know, before the end of the month, hopefully. Now, the state's newly established businesses are also on the hunt for workers. 72 people statewide are waiting on their permits to work in the medical marijuana industry, and 58 have already received their permits, according to the health department. Most of the state's new medical marijuana businesses have advertised competitive pay starting somewhere between $15 and $17 an hour. The health department is still processing 40 applications on their side for practitioners, nurses, doctor, optetricians to be able to see patients. The department has given 24 licenses to practitioners, allowing them to prescribe medical marijuana cards to patients. However, so far, only 13 patients have actually received those medical marijuana cards and nine others have submitted applications. So now everybody's saying, wait a minute, only 22 <laughs> people have tried to get these cards? What, what's the big fuss about? And so the reason they, the experts say, look, it's really going to explode. That's why everybody's trying to get this done. Because since there is no medical marijuana yet available to purchase, nobody's really going out and getting their sure, cards. Of course. Once the first crop comes in, you're going to see just an absolute, you know, I mean, they'll be knocking down the doors trying to get these cards. Um, he said other, bus- other businesses such as cultivators and processors will steadily come online as well. Many are dealing with supply chain slowdowns as they construct of their growing facilities and finish their plans. Now, none of the 111 dispensary hopefuls have heard back yet on whether their applications have yet been accepted. By law, the Department of Revenue has 30 days to process them. So, you know, so literally within the next two weeks, we're going to know what the the thought process is or what the judgment is on the, those 111 for themselves. Maybe they're delayed. Maybe they're postponed. Maybe they say, "Hey, give us some more information." But within the next two weeks, we're going to know. Maybe, you know, there may be some approved from those 111. So, and so you can kind of start mapping out in the state where these are going to be. And, you know, people are wondering, well, what's the big deal? You know, why, why you know, other than trying to, you know, grab your spot or, or whatever, get approved for this and be ready. You know, the, you know, it seems like pretty easy. Let me just throw my name in and grab one. Well, the cost to apply and the actual licenses, you know, these dispensaries are on the hook for at least $40,000. Wow. So this is not a small amount saying, hey, let me uh, pay this $25 fee right here. Sure. Let, me, let, me, sure. let me try to, you know, grab this area. No, it's, you're losing $40,000. They're non-refundable. So you got to have your plan. you got to know, have a pretty good idea you're going to get approved or feel like you will before you have to be legit you gotta be legit you gotta be legit so again this is what we're looking at please watch out and again once these if we know there's one looking uh in desoto county just north hernando i guess on the the northern limits of hernando so if that one gets approved other ones get approved be watching for that of course we'll have this for you on there but this is a huge industry bigger than any other industry right now that is applying for jobs applying for businesses in in mississippi so we'll be on the watch out that over the next few weeks and months Derek, it's just the beginning i mean you have to start somewhere we have started everything's going to look so different three years from now five ten years from now it's an industry it's not just a, a it's not a small it's thing. not it's not retail shops right no this is a flat-out industry imagine you know imagine when we started forestry and we started you know 
alcohol lumber. sales, lumber, yeah. all those different things. I mean, just it's coming, and it's uh, it's it's neat. It's going to be very interesting to see what that looks like three, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the line. So, but it is here. Uh, it was voted overwhelmingly voted by the state of Mississippi and its residents to uh, go down this road and down this path. So, uh, Derek, we never set this up. I don't know why it actually ends up this way all the time. <laughs> but our sponsor after medical marijuana seems to always end up being Green King Spray Services. Since two thousand one, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, that's 662-892-8419, or visit their website, greenkingspray.com. And always remember, if you want it green, call the king. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Podcast continues to be brought to you by one of our longtime sponsors, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Services include leaf removal, tree trimming, soon-to-be fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, uh, grading of your land, anything on the outside of your home or business, Richard is ready to help. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. You can also learn more information at William. You can also learn more information at his website, williamslawnmaintenance.com. Again, that's williamslawnmaintenance.com. Richard now does, a, I would say, a majority of the Soto County schools. So that's definitely somebody that's vetted him, that trusts him to mow their grass, improve their stuff, their landscaping. So that's just an example, maybe a bit of a referral for when it comes to what Richard and his team can do. Call him again, 662-292-8855. Well, Derek, uh, middle of our Tuesday show always brings us to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week brought to us by the DeSoto County Museum. DeSoto County Museum located across the street from Bancorp South on Commerce Street, open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Again, that's Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. Rob Long and the staff at the DeSoto County Museum are ready to serve you. Admission is free. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your young people. The air conditioner works. Go ahead and bring them out and get them out for a couple hours, something to do. DeSoto County Museum every week right here in Hernando. Derek, tell us this week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Matt, people who live and visit Hernando may notice small obelisks in and around town in different areas. Small what? Obelisks. Okay, help me out. Obelisks, uh, like very many uh, Washington monuments, little concrete, oh, okay, single okay. structures. Right, gotcha. yeah. Okay, uh, mainly around the downtown historic district and around the North Parkway area that are placed where street signs should be, 
with the name of the streets on them. Okay. The practice of erecting these reusable concrete and at other times wooden obelisks as street signs dates back more than 75 years to the administration of former mayor and historian J.B. Bell. These are the things that are painted white with black writing of the street sign. That is correct. Got on, it. On okay, I understand. Uh, now, you know, J.B. Bell, of course, we've mentioned him several times. Yep. You know, we've used his notes several times for the facts of the week. And so, but he was also a mayor at one point. At that time, Bell began a campaign to pave Hernando streets. And in a cost-cutting measure, Bell suggested the obelisk street signs as a way to use them again and again. Street signs were costly to order, and they could be done in-house at minimal cost. And following the years of the Great Depression, any measures that cut costs for the city were welcomed. So those obelisks live today, yes. live on today, yes. and continue to save the city money. Now, the Mayor's Youth Council has repainted them over the years, and this year, the city has asked the Arts Council to get local artists to help touch them up and repaint them again for another, hopefully, five or ten years to be able to kind of tell residents what street that they're on. So, if you've been driving around town, sometimes you see the nice, beautiful, ornate signs. Neighborhoods have a lot of the wrought iron signs, but in the heart of Hernando, the historic district, and even around the DeSoto Avenue, North Parkway, you'll see those obelisks, those white concrete structures uh that's what they are that's why they were put in and kind of a unique thing now, i think there's a couple of towns in the delta that rob mentioned greenwood has them uh, and a couple other towns uh, have them also but just a great way that was used to cut cost that we're still benefiting you know, benefiting from today so uh, just a, a great fact of the week you never know what you're gonna learn on the fact of the week that's pretty interesting and uh, a lot of podcast listeners tell me all the time it's their favorite part of the week when they get to learn something new about their town sometimes about their county and so we appreciate rob long and the staff bringing us the desoto county fact the week each and every week stop by the desoto county museum nine to five tuesday through saturday ready to serve you admission is free all the time thank you rob long at the desoto county museum someone else to thank definitely Derek. going to be our one of our newer sponsors holland insurance Holland Insurance, located in South Haven, but ready to serve residents throughout DeSoto County, and especially right here under the water tower. Specializing in property, casualty, health, life, auto, Holland Insurance works with some of the largest companies in the world when it comes to insurance nationwide. Liberty Mutual, Travelers, Safeco, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna, Aetna, you name it. Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland probably represent them here in DeSoto County. Give them a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 895-5528. If you possess a Mississippi insurance license and are looking to make a change, whether it be on a part-time or full-time basis, and you feel like you're a hardworking, motivated individual, give Bruce and Jerry a call about possibly joining one of the fastest growing insurance companies in the entire state, Holland Insurance. Again, their number is 662-895-5528. Well, Derek, I was out of town this past weekend, but I believe the weather was wonderful. I believe it was another wonderful weekend for our seasonal sponsor. I speak, of course, about the Hernando Farmer's Market. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh, local experience. Now with over 50 exhibitors each and every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1, that's 8 to 1, Every Saturday morning, 50 exhibitors also include Kendall Cattle Beef, 6N Tubbs Bagels, Precision Sharp, Coffee Central, Mrs. Pat's Homemade Pound Cakes and Yeast Breads, Jones Orchard, again, over 50 vendors every Saturday morning ready to serve you at the Hernando Farmer's Market, the best farmer's market in the area. Please get by this weekend, 8 to 1, every Saturday morning. That runs through October, and then they'll have a special farmer's market for the Dickens of a Christmas. Thank you to all those individuals that get out and work at the farmer's market on Saturday, but definitely thank you to all those people that get out and patronize those local vendors every Saturday morning. Thank you, Hernando Farmer's Market. 
Well, Derek, off air, we kind of admitted not a lot going on uh, sports-wise and stuff like that. So we're going to kind of bring our, our Tuesday show to a close. I do want to finish with this. We are going to sit down tomorrow, have a, a short interview with a nice lady, Miss Dolly, with the Parks Department that puts on the 13th annual scavenger hunt coming up very soon. The 13th annual scavenger hunt. We talked about it last week. Most people that listen to this show know all about it. A wonderful, neat thing. Anything that runs 13 years has been successful. Mm-hmm. It's uh, People enjoy it. People love to get out and do it. So 13th annual scavenger hunt coming up with the parks we're going to continue to update that this august sit down with miss dolly she will finish our friday show so look forward to seeing you again with the utw podcast i'll finish it one more time again congratulations to hannah grace crane miss hospitality the first miss hospitality in from the city of fernando yes the youngest miss hospitality in the history of the 73 years that's a fact right there fact there's the a fact, of the week. Another fact of the yeah week. another fact right there the the youngest the lady if you watch the pageant the lady who was the mc was the youngest from brookhaven until hannah grace won on saturday night okay mm-hmm. so Derek, the lady her name's katie katie from brookhaven lives in hattiesburg now she is a, a local chef in the hattiesburg area very known chef uh there was a judge nick who was a celebrity judge who judged the strictly the on-stage stuff from Friday and Saturday night. I, I remember, I remember okay. they, they introduced him. Hannah Grace will be emceeing a competition between them and other Mississippi chefs in Atlanta. That's pretty cool. In September. So, so he's a contestant? They, right. He will be he'll be competing against other misses. It's, it's for fun. Right. It's for fun, for charity, tourism, that type of stuff. She will be the MC of that competition in September. Uh, I think the 14th through the okay. 18th is that's a huge cool. festival in Atlanta that's uh, talks all, but it's going to be other Mississippi chefs. So that's one of our first things that she'll be doing. She'll be uh, doing a lot of stuff with the Dixie National uh, Rodeo. Mm-hmm. She'll be doing that. She'll be uh, having a governor's. There's something going on with the governor's uh, a big meeting in Tunica in October. Okay. And so uh, just uh, somebody asked me. That's those, a short drive. It's a very short drive. Somebody asked me earlier when they called me, they said, hey, is she going to go to the Neshoba County Fair? And I said, hey, let us get through tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's this week. That's this week. So <laughs> like, we, we, we've got to catch up. It starts the 22nd, I think. It starts right. uh, this Thursday and goes through the next weekend. It, it goes through a couple weekends. Like so yeah. a lot of stuff going on. And again, Hannah Grace, thank you. Uh, Congratulations, uh, Mr. Derek and I. Uh, we love you, both of us do, and we uh, wish you nothing but the best. And thank you for all the prayers again for her and, and for our family. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.